Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, joined by a very special guest today. I have Drew Steele with me, who you might know as Scooter Toots on Twitter, and we are breaking down the Knicks 120 to 107 win over the Timberwolves on the road. Julius Randle, absolutely, and Fuego to begin the game from three ends with 31 points to end the game. But Drew is maybe not super impressed with Julius Randle's game. So we're going to get into that and much more next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Sweat Block. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, that's me. It's not someone I love. Try Sweat Block. Save to, I'm sweating right now. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Uh, we also want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us part of your daily routine. I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor in chief of Knicks like the Strickland, which you can find at the Strick.land. And I am joined by the fantastic Drew Steele, whose words you might sometimes find on the strict.land and who you might find saying words on Twitter at Scooter Toots. Drew, Mr. Toots, how are you doing on this fine evening? How are you? Uh, okay, wait, I'm just going to lead right into it. We don't need the pleasantries. It, people want to hear. I, I teased it in the in the tease here. I don't care how you're doing. I just want to know what you feel about this. Julius Randle has 31 points, shoots 9 of 15, 8 of 13 from 3. In this game, five of six from the free throw line keeps up the amazing free throw shooting. Uh, plays some small ball, a little iffy on the turnover to assist, you know, ratio, whatever. But ultimately, I thought a pretty good game from Julius. But like we were talking before the show, and you're like, no. I didn't like it. No, <laughs> and I, was like, I didn't like it. I didn't like any of it. Tell me, tell me why. <sighs> so he wasn't playing defense at all, he was just bullshitting around. There was one point. Clyde, not Clyde Breen was like, hey, look, he's dancing to a song right now. And it's like, what are you dancing for? You're in the middle of a game. You know, you got to play some basketball, do your job, that type of uh, that type of stuff. You know, like, what are you so happy about? Because you're just chucking up threes and making bull. Oh. Yeah, so it's um, it wasn't good. I didn't enjoy the uh, the shooting. I thought his shot selection was not good. Yeah, I thought it. I mean, I'm sort of with you in that I think it deteriorated a bit in the second half. I thought in the first half, I thought he was smart to take those shots. Uh, now, would he have been smart to take to keep taking those shots had they not been going in? That's a answer to a question that we'll never know because, like, they went in on uh, during this game. And I don't know. Like, I do think that he has shown at least enough self-restraint to not take, like, 13 threes. This year, if he doesn't have it going, he mm -hmm. might still pop like five or six and go like one of five, one of six, something like that. Mm -hmm. But he clearly felt that he had it going early in this game. So I didn't really fault his first half. So takes. 
you know when you're playing basketball and there's always like one guy who you're perfectly fine letting him shoot and right. if he beats you he beats you and you're totally fine with it that's Julius Randle on the Knicks the Timberwolves like I don't think really respect him shooting they don't they weren't really closing out hard it's like go ahead man make the shot and it's like oh he made the shot I think everyone in sports kind of does that to some capacity when they're playing they allow certain things to happen when they're on the court and the Timberwolves were perfectly fine allowing Julius Randle to shoot so that's why it's like great man you made your open threes yeah but I mean I think that's a plus though like think about think about this like if that starts turning into respect like if he can just make the open ones then all of a sudden that turns into respect and like he can end up like Obi Toppin, where even if he doesn't have it going any given night, like I think teams really respect Obi from three now. Yeah, like, so I I love the optimism. Mm-hmm. I love the positivity <laughs> going on with it. But uh, we've seen Julius Randle be completely unstable now for three plus years. At this point, we don't know what we get. We're not. We don't know what we get from him, and that level of uncertainty just always makes me uneasy on a night to night basis. I can't do it. It's just I'm just way too uncomfortable with who I'm getting on the court and even in a night where he is hyper efficient from three he had five turnovers and some of them were pretty bad <laughs> like mm. he like he had like a bullet pass to camera at a shoe it was just a terrible pass and it, it was barely on camera if you're watching the msg stream it was just soft. i don't know there's just, just stuff i didn't like the whole thing there's just so much so much all i'm saying right now is you're currently disparaging a 33.3 percent three-point shooter for the year Look. Look, I know. After today. Look, I get it. I get it. I know. No, I'm, I'm just busting. But no, but like, I do get it. Like, I know I'm coming off as the hater, but like, I just, I didn't like the game. He, I, I felt like he's had better games this season, even though this wasn't his most efficient. One. Yeah, this, like, this game did in a weird way sort of remind me, like, do you remember there was the, and uh, the, see, you were saying like the vibe wasn't good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think the vibe was pretty good in this one. Like, it did remind me a bit. I was thinking about it. There was like when they showed the stat where they were like in the first quarter, he was like five of five of seven from three or he whatever. Was like, yeah, point. he was five or six or five or seven. He was. Yeah, yeah he was completely on fire and, and he was super on fire. And they showed that stat and they were like, that's the only shot he's taken so far. And I remember like I was sitting there and I was like, this reminds me so much of um, last year. There was that game where he passive aggressively like only took threes for an entire game. Yes, but he was um, missing them all. But he was missing them all, and they were yeah. all terrible. Like I think that's the difference. Like that's the difference between this game and like that game for me. As far as like I think the process was good in this game, and that's all that's really important to me. Yes, like he took some of his pet crap shots in the second half, and I don't love that. But mm-hmm. I think I can live with a few of those, and just like I live with a few of those from RJ, just like. Even Brunson takes some, like Brunson took a few shots in this game that made me kind of go like, why would you take that shot at this particular juncture? Like he took like, as Julius and and Cam, uh, Cam Reddish early in the game were pretty hot from three, Brunson just comes down and like hoists a pull-up heat check. And I was like, that, that doesn't seem like the right time for that, dude. Like there's two other guys on the floor that are like super on fire right now. Like maybe try to generate something for them. I uh, just, I don't trust those guys though. That's kind of yeah. the thing too. Yeah. With it, it's like, well, even for taking the shots, like, I don't trust Julius taking shots. I trust Brunson taking shots. RJ, I thought, decided to start chucking to get the 20 <laughs> in, the, uh, in the second half. He took some pretty bad shots he, after being really, really good for most of the game. But then he's like, no, I got to get my 20. So he took some bad things. But I don't know. I just didn't like, I didn't think the Timberwolves showed up 
well, me... played terribly with low effort. Like they didn't care like at all. So it's just, it was a very hard game to judge when your opponent came up and it was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good tonight. Let me ask you, what would it take? What's your, what's your like game benchmark for Julius to start having some faith in him? Like I, cause I look at, like, I was just talking about this on the pod Gavin and I put out today, I think, uh, prior to this game when we were recapping mm-hmm. the, the Celtics game where it was like, I was talking about 20 game trends and I was saying like, Emmanuel quickly it ha- has had a string of not so great games lately. And, but now we're, you know, eight, now nine games into a season and it's like, or not, was this number 10? What number are we on? Run. 10 that was number 10 this was number Mm -hmm. 10 so like we're now 10 games into the season i was like you know once you i I feel like 20 games like this is something that each of the the Knicks' last few coaches have said and like they've all had mixed results as far as like how good they were as coaches but Mm -hmm. i do think that this is smart like 20 games i think is a good benchmark but i also think if you get through 10 games and you have a certain thing that's an eighth of the season like i think we're we're starting to get to the point where things are starting to take hold a little bit. Like I wouldn't hold this game against Julius in any way because I don't totally blame him for kind of feeling himself in the second half mm-hmm. uh, the way that he did, because I feel like he thought that he had it today. And I think that he's got the green light. Like he talked about that after the game, like the Tibbs has told the whole team that it like, this is actually pretty smart. This is like maybe one of the most analytically sound things I've ever heard that Tibbs has allegedly said, but Julius is like, <laughs> Julius is like, Tibbs has been saying to us, like, you know, like after that game with Boston, they made 27 threes. We took 27 threes. And like, you're going to always be in a hole if you're only taking as many threes as your opponent is making. And, you know, so we decided like to come out gunning more this game. Like Derek Rose is saying, like Tibbs is saying, we have the green light. So take the green light and shoot. So I actually found in a weird way, based off hearing that out of Julius's mouth, that this was almost like sort of a lead by example performance by him in like a weird way where he was like, Hey, this is what the coach wants us to do. Let's go out there and freaking shoot, like go out there, shoot your brains out. Like, let's just like, like we'll go crazy. And you know, if they fall, they fall. If not, we have backup plans, but like, I don't know. Sorry. I went a little roundabout there, but like in general, I think it was a good trend in the right direction in this game. Like they're starting to recognize things and at least addressing them. It sounds like. I, I'm just going to say I hope so, right? Like, I just – I am just so very much skeptical of that type of shooting performance to resonate with not only the team, but, like, it's going to have to, again, come about when there's an actual challenge to what the what they do. Like, this team kind of folds when they're up against the wall. So the Timberwolves gave zero resistance. They chucked up their shots. They made them. Like, great. What's going to happen when a team actually presses them? What are, like what are they going to do? And usually, what you see is kind of revert back to that Boston game, especially on the defensive end, where it is no communication on the offense. It's kind of stagnant a bit. It's just like you kind of just fall into these traps when they're not playing well. That's why I'm like I'm just that's why I'm tempered expectations because I'm just like I'm just I'm waiting to see if this actually turns into something because the larger sample of Tibbs and coaching doesn't, su- doesn't suggest that. Cause yeah. even with yeah. like the recognition that Tibbs is getting that Obi should get more minutes, like finally, even though it took injuries and foul trouble and all that sort of stuff, 
Derrick Rose was chucking one for 10, played terrible. Fournier was even worse. They're just taking minutes away from Quickly. There's no reason Quickly should be playing. He didn't play 20 minutes. He played 16 minutes uh, tonight. Like, th- what are you doing? Like, Fournier got 12 and Derrick Rose got like 13? No, one of them. Like, <laughs> that's it. Pick one and Quickly gets the rest of those minutes. Like, they, they need to stop doing this at this point. Like, that's, I think that was just like a big sign for me to quickly was good again. And I know he may not be shooting all the time really well, but like, he's really good on defense. Like, he's just so good on defense. He's so good at reading the tone, reading the energy of the game, and he can't get minutes over 48 and Derrick Rose. It's, I, I, that's, it's, it's becoming a terrible, terrible trend that Tibbs has a, such a finite role for Emmanuel quickly. It's, it's, it's troubling. Well, you know, you just kind of did my job for me. So let's talk about that more in the next segment. I have some thoughts on that whole thing. I actually thought Fortnite had a somewhat decent game this game. So I'm going to push back a little bit on that Mm, in the next segment. But first, I got to do the easiest ad that I've ever done in my whole life. And that is to tell you guys about Sweat Block. And uh, I'll just read this real quick. Relay a story about an experience you've had with embarrassing sweat or someone you know has had. And, And yeah, I mean, that's. It's pretty easy. That's pretty much every day in my life. I sweat a lot. Uh, and I've tried sweat block and it's like revolutionary for me. <laughs> it was a legitimate life changer. Exciting. Yeah. I can't really like, I can't possibly sell a product better. I was out like at brunch with my wife the other day and like, it was a little hot and humid out. They didn't have their AC on cause it's November and they shouldn't have to have their AC on. Mm-hmm. and I got this particularly hot plate of food, and, like, I found myself sweating at brunch the other day, and I'm like, bro, I'm wearing a gray shirt. This isn't cool. Like, I hate this, and that's, that happens to me so often, especially during the summer. So that's where Sweat Block comes in. Sweat Block wipes are your little secret to confidence, just like they are mine. I forgot to put it on the other day, though, so I should have put some on. Uh, but Sweat Block wipes work for up to seven days per use. You can apply them on a Sunday, and you will stay dry all week it really is simple it's like it's kind of wild actually you put the sweat block on wherever you don't want to sweat before you go to Mm -hmm. bed and then you wake up and you shower and you just like wash it off and then boom you're sweat free for a week it's pretty awesome so if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor try sweat block you can save 20 percent with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com or it's also available on amazon All right, so we're back to keep talking about the Knicks, this win over the Timberwolves, which has apparently depressed Drew beyond belief. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> just walk in the traffic now. <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of – so, all right, I don't want to push back on quickly because I do think quickly had a good game. I also definitely thought Derrick Rose needed to take a seat in this game. <laughs> yes. It, it was ugly, dude. Like, I mean, talk about having a green light. He was setting an example in the other direction. Yeah, it was the other like, direction. Like, like, but he stopped shooting. <laughs> he should have started like being like, "Okay, I'm not gonna shoot. I will look for someone else to shoot." Like, and then yell like, "Shoot, shoot! You shoot it now!" <laughs> like, not me. It was not pretty for him. He did not have his best stuff in this game. Fournier, though, I thought was pretty good. Like, he didn't score much. Like, his only points were on a kind of nice little floater that he had in the first half. But I thought that in his minutes, like, he actually brought 
was some pretty good energy on defense, like which was unexpected. He almost had a really stupid take foul that didn't get called, but then <laughs> that it worked out great a, for it worked out that great. Been for a take foul. It should have, but sh- it worked out awesome for the Knicks because oh, then it got Chris I, Finch. I, listen, super I, pissed I'm off. not. I'm not complaining. <laughs> listen, when the Knicks finally get like a break with the calls, yeah. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm just so thrilled because there's so many. Th- How many times have we watched games and there is no breaks? We're yeah. like, of course they're going to call it a flagrant. Of course they're going to go. It's like, they, there's no breaks. So, yeah. for the for the rest it's... to keep f***ing up and messing up and um, getting Chris Finch very agitated for very valid reasons did make my night. That was very, that was very amusing. Yeah, that particular sequence was like, hilarious because fournier definitely take fouled i think yes. it was kyle anderson and then they were like they're like nope not a take foul and like didn't even look at it they have didn't full, even look at it they have like carte blanche to look those over whenever they want and they were just like nah it's good and then chris finch <laughs> was like what the hell and like freaked <laughs> out got a technical because then three seconds later the <laughs> the knicks went down or sorry the timberwolves went down and uh went up for you know a shot or whatever obi grabs a rebound and goes to start going and nazreed like lightly grabbed his arm <laughs> and and then they're like take foul <laughs> and they were like weren't hadn't even started the fast break yet no it was great because bo- both obi and iq were like that's a that's a take foul right that's, yeah that's and then they foul. called it and then chris finch just freaked out so then the knicks got two free throws and possession it was just a glorious little exchange it was uh, it, it really made my night poor chris finch i would i would have lost it too Oh, I would have too. I mean, but that's just Breen even talked about. It. He's like, how perfect were those circumstances in yeah. terms of like for the Knicks, like to make Chris Finch perfect. that angry? <laughs> perfect. So it was great stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I I kind of enjoyed Fournier's night, like relative to the rest of his nights recently. Like, I don't think that in twelve minutes he was like actively damaging in this game, and he did rightfully get a lot of praise for his ball movement. Mm-hmm. from Clyde and Breen like he had in particular two passes stand out I mean one was one that they just talked about being like wow what a great teammate he is and I was like I kind of agree like I actually give Fournier props for not just point hunting at one point he had a fast break he kicks it back to Jericho Sims who almost jumped from too far away as if that's possible yes he almost did that, Sims. which was but, amazing but then just found his last like three inches of floating <laughs> to be able to get to that the was rim wild. And dunk that was a wild dunk it was it was crazy I mean he like barely barely cleared it but he jumped from like just inside the free throw line <laughs> with two feet sense. it was great and two hand dunked it it was insane yeah. um but then uh the other pass was a really nice dart that he threw uh to obi in transition mm-hmm. who then got a nice finish so i i'll give fournier props for that like i think the big difference in this game for me and maybe maybe you'll push back on this like the defense he was at least trying mm-hmm. it wasn't like being an active weak link but then the other thing was my biggest complaint with him recently is he's been head down all the time. Like he gets yeah. the ball and he's a ball stopper. Like, and he's trying to be like James Harden or something like, and just like ISO mm-hmm. and like dribble the air out of the ball. And you just want him to just keep things moving. And like, he did a better job of doing that in this game. I think I thought he kept his head up a lot and produced some pretty quality minutes. So like, while I wish I could have seen more quickly, Mm-hmm. I wasn't super offended by the Fournier minutes. I was more offended by the Rose minutes, and I wish that Rose would have played less today and quickly could have gotten over 20 minutes. So you're probably correct on this and totally fair assessment. I'm just going to make it very clear for me. He had one turnover Fournier did that was a terrible pass that led to an easy two points. I think it was Edwards got the steal. 
and that's that was really bad yeah i remember that's literally all i remember yeah (laughs) from the game like i don't remember any like you're talking about the passing and Mm -hmm. stuff and i'm like oh yeah he did do that oh yeah he did do that like it's the one turnover just stands in my mind and i'm being just like that's the carte blanche like it's it's that it's it's only that and i'm just like no i can't do it you know, Drew, it. this is this is just proof that like this this just shows what having to talk about the Knicks on a daily basis does to a, a human mind. Like, yeah, I, I can only see the good stuff now because like otherwise, if I don't talk about the good stuff, my head explodes. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just like, what did I take? One turnover. One turnover is the only thing that stood out. And it's just I no, it's, it's, it's bad for you. It's bad for your mental health. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look at the look at the bright side. Look at Julius Randall's makes, not not the no, crappy to no. later. I'm taking all I'm looking at all the attempts. <laughs> terrible, not so good attempts. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fair enough. But Drew, I think I have a thing that we can both agree on is mm-hmm. fun to think about. And that's gonna be a little something that relates to betonline.net here. So first I'll just say betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got them all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Maybe even Locked on Knicks. I don't know. Uh, We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Well, let me tell you something fun, Drew. Let me get your opinion on this one. Mm -hmm. We'll see what you would bet on this. Some new odds from BetOnline. Uh, will Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving be on the Nets the whole season? Yes, minus 200, no, plus 150. If you're a betting man, what would you bet on that? I don't know what plus or minus means, but I'm so taking minus, the... minus 200 means you make less money, plus 150 to say that they won't both be on the team. Oh, yeah, no, I was going to say they're not, they're not making the team. It's, they're not going to be on the They're not going to end the season. Oh, there you go. Yeah, whatever it is. I don't care what the odds are. <laughs> You heard it from Mr. Toots' mouth himself. Take it. I'm taking that. I'm taking, was it plus 150? Plus 150 that they will not be on the team. You could do that at Bet Online. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right. And we're back. I'm here with, I'll say it again, Mr. Toots. I just thought about this. This is like your, uh, do you watch Moon Knight? No. Okay, well, like, are you familiar with Moon Knight at all? Oscar Isaac's in it. Okay, so he's like, so the way that it works is he's got, he's got like, um, uh, uh, DID, dis- Dissociative Identity Disorder. Okay. And so he's got like multiple personalities. And so the one personality is like the like super awesome, like secret agent that turns into regular Moon Knight. But okay. then he's got this other persona that's just like an everyman. And he turns into Mr. Knight, which is like, no, at one point, Knight. yeah, at one point, his like, his brain was being like, like, or his other personality in his head was being like, like, summon the suit, summon the suit. Cause you have to like think about, like, I want to be Moon Knight. And okay. So then, like, he's like falling to his death and then summons the suit, quote unquote, and it becomes like a, like, regular old, you know, three button, <laughs> like, white suit. <laughs> nice. And that's like his superhero suit. So that's like, the suit so that's mr toots that's your that's your new i can uh, i can i can get behind i can get behind that yes i i'm totally with it uh that said mr toots i want to i'll just throw it to you what do you want to talk about next who have we not talked about or given enough uh love to so far in this podcast we haven't well there's two things we haven't talked about we haven't given enough love to obi toppin yeah and we need to talk about how soft isaiah hartenstein is on defense okay 
All right. I Oven also want to. I want to talk about. Soft. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about. Let's do Toppin first because I want to talk about something. I think it was interesting and a growth moment for Tibbs to play Obi Toppin and Julius Randle down the stretch of this game after for so long, like like spitting in the face of anyone that dared insinuate that this parent could ever work. I, I know. Uh, then played them against a team with a quote-unquote traditional big. Yeah, quote-unquote traditional big. Yeah, exactly. Now, I wonder if Tibbs looked at Cat when he got one-on-one with Jalen Brunson (laughs) with like 10 left on the shot clock, and Cat just kind of like dribbled the air out of the ball for a couple seconds, never even attempted to back him down. Beautiful, beautiful possession. Tried to drive by him, and then I think had a shot clock violation because he couldn't get rid of it. That's exactly it. Uh, You know, maybe Tibbs watched that and said, you know what, we could afford to go small against this guy. Tips coached them. He knows. Um, yeah. But a guy in Cat that in the past, you know, one of the, one of Tibbs' main things he always complained about with the OB Randall thing when he was insisting that it wouldn't work was that the rebounding would suffer. And Cat has in the past like completely ripped the Knicks a new one on the boards, like and gotten like 16, 17, 18 boards, like as early as like last season, I think. Um, so I thought that it was a good growth moment for him to play those two together. And I thought it worked great because they were both shooting the ball. Well, like for as much, as we talked about Randall shooting yeah. eight of 13 from three, like OB finishes three of eight, which is mm-hmm. perfectly acceptable and four of 10 overall from the field. But like all in all was really just making stuff happen. Like had four steals, uh, three assists as well. So finishes with like a very robust 15, seven, three assists and four steals for the game. Uh, I love this pairing every bit as thought every bit as much as I thought that I would. And it just mm-hmm. every game that Tibbs goes to it from now on is gonna feel more and more vindicating because like these two guys are clearly good enough and understand each other well enough to play together. And I thought Obi Obi did a great job today. Yeah. I feel like it's like obviously, right? It's like it's so it was so painfully obvious from the beginning of last season. Like you have to try it. And they were just like, now we're not going to do it for what, like whatever the reason is. Now we're back to injuries and you have Sims in foul trouble and Hartenstein. Hartenstein got backed down by Cat multiple times. Like you're getting backed down by Cat. Like get out of the game. Like I, you just got to like beef up to him, just man up with him. And he just didn't. Which so Randall have, did to his credit. Which, like yeah, Randall kind of got into his, like Randall even went up to him after one and kind of like, got in his ear a little bit like nicely and was like hey sorry like i didn't mean to like hit you that hard or whatever clearly kentucky brothers were good like (laughs) yeah it was just and i don't know just like we're kind of seeing it because you can like they didn't rebound well in uh not cleveland against celtics like they when they were doing that but the offense is so there that like it just works like whatever defensive issues or defensive um trade-offs you're going to get like you're making up for them on offense like take the risk because mm-hmm. you could just be running teams out of the gym especially if you decide to also play quickly with them instead of cam for some stretches or something like you know like try to get like quickly in there as well because like quickly and top they just make plays happen so like you you got to get guys in there who just make moments yeah and play them more you know what I'm really curious to see, actually, more so than quickly in there for Cam. I know it's kind of sacrilege because he's like the dude, but I quickly in for for Brunson for a little bit. 
Yeah, I yeah. kind of want to see quickly because, like, I'm pretty sold on Cam and RJ out there as your two wings and that arrangement because I feel like the length from Cam helps make up a little bit for the lack thereof with Obi and, and Randall. So then yeah. at least you have, like, good all-around length rather than, like, just having, like, a, a super long I, dude like Mitch in the I, middle. Yes, I get it. it like, I get but, the Cam argument. I yeah. really do. But, like, to put quickly in there for a minute – you know, maybe then, yeah, to your point, like he definitely unlocks top in and you get some games where Randall is sprinting just as much as, as Obi is down the floor right. these days. So then you, you unlock that ability for quickly to then hit a long, you know, bomb to Randall too. They're all going like they yeah. all start running. Like, yeah, you're right. Like Randall has ran <laughs> in transition down the court this year, which is one of the more surprising things, the positive surprising things he's done. Just like embrace running. I don't think the team embraces running enough but also but i think you're right though in terms of, like it sounds sacrilege to say that mainly because tibbs is playing like derrick rose as the first guard off the bench and getting all those minutes right mm-hmm. like there's no reason that both brunson and iq should be off the floor in any time during the game like they should always be on the court at all times and then play them together more yeah, that, I love those two together, to be honest. I think quickly makes yeah. up for a lot of the deficiencies that Brunson has on defense and stuff. I, I, I agree. Like, it's yeah. it's right there. Like, you have the nine-man rotation right there. Like, either Tibbs needs to suck it up and bench someone or the front office needs to get rid of someone. Mm-hmm. Especially because also, like, Grimes is going to come back <laughs> at some point, too. So, like, you need to make decisions on a number of these uh, people, a number of these guys. Like, you... You got to make choices and hard choices. Yeah. I mean, December 15th is right around the corner. So that is Mm -hmm. going to unlock a lot of possibilities as far as what moves the Knicks can make, who they could trade, who they could trade for, that sort of thing. Because that's when new free agent signings become eligible to be traded, obviously. Uh, So you might see some of that going on uh, as we get past that. The Knicks have traditionally, too, made their whatever move they're going to make around early January, typically, or like mm-hmm. early to mid January before the deadline. So something to keep an eye on for the next couple months. Cause yeah, I, I agree. I think they do need to, they have to trim the fat here somehow, you know, even if that's like essentially biting the bullet. And even though he was a big free agent signing for you, like a year ago saying to the Lakers, like, do you guys just want Fournier basically for free? Like just send us matching salary somehow. Or like, mm-hmm. if you guys actually end up trading Anthony Davis, which is, would be wild if that happened, like, fine, we'll help facilitate that and we'll bring you back shooting, you know, in Fournier or, or whatever the case may be. Like, Yeah, you can I, send them Julius Randle, Derek Rose, Evan Fournier. I don't know if I'm there with Julius, but yeah, I I mean, maybe. they. I, at some point, the Knicks need to make a choice between Toppin and Randle. They but have like, to. If, if Tiff is going to play them like eight minutes a game together, do you? Like, can't yeah, we but just have our only, cake and eat it too then? Like, <laughs> this is only happening right now because Mitch is injured. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the intriguing thing to see. That's kind of the issue because Tibbs yeah. is still like, when you look at like the minutes breakdown and the rotations, even in like this win, it's still fundamentally going to be the same thing. Like, he's not taking Hartenstein out despite like playing really soft defense mm-hmm. tonight. Like, he's like, because he's the five, he has to do it. Like, he only begrudgingly plays Randall and Toppin and like it's working it's he's probably not happy about it yeah but like it's working so like you kind of need I think in that case you need to 
So it's basically you cut down the sum of the five minutes between them, or you have to pick between Randall and Toppin. So like again, there's so many things that kind of have to give with yeah. this team because there's there's too many. I don't know. I don't want to say like an inflection points, but there's too many of like these things that are just rubbing up against each other and yeah. need to be addressed. I mean, we didn't even get into like Jericho Sims was a surprising start in this yes, game. And, exactly. And like, even with all the foul trouble that he had, he still played almost 17 minutes. Like, right. so yeah, Tibbs did clearly want to go that direction yeah. in this game and probably was thinking like, oh, we need a guy like that to compete with Cat. Right. And I thought Sims did an okay job. I thought he got a little. A little, little worked on some of those fouls. Like, I don't yeah. know that some of them were fouls. You know what I mean? Like, I, no, I agree. But you know, whatever. Like, it, it, they were fouls regardless, and that was the only reason that he got sat down a lot of those times. And to his credit, I thought he actually played quite well. So, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. It's, remember right. last year when McBride started instead of quickly when like mm-hmm. everyone was like injured. The Houston game, yeah, right. And you're just like. Tibbs is like, and we're just like, what are you doing? Tibbs is like, he's so set on what the role mm-hmm. is instead of like deviating from the game plan or deviating from the, like he has his set roles, his set pieces, his yeah. set defined types, and it's just like you have to fit into that. And if you're injured, like he's not flexible. Yeah, and I think you just you saw it again tonight the inflexibility, but it happened in a win, which yeah. is which is a good thing. I do yes. think there will be there will be a point when Mitch comes back where he'll still be going to Toppin and Randall a little bit, but he will yes. be looking at the very first opportunity, just like the beginning of last year. He'll be looking for the very first opportunity to completely pull the plug on the experiment. Yes, like, exactly. And be like, nope, I'm done with it. Like, oh, see, they had three minutes and, and Obi airballed a three. Mm-hmm. Can't do it anymore. Um, and that that's going to be like his... his that's, what that's why we got to be careful and temper our expectations because yeah. like this is this is Tom Thibodeau we're talking about, a man who doesn't deviate. So, like, we just really yeah. need to be careful. Well, just in, like in just projecting. like a player, he needs a big sample size. It's like he's got a small sample size right now, and it's very context-dependent. Right. And he needs a bigger sample size. Yeah, because when you zoom out of the current larger sample size, you're like, well, he's not that, he's not that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, I want to give, uh, as we start wrapping up here, I, I do want to give, uh, my last shout out to Jalen Brunson, who I just said should be benched for Emmanuel quickly for a little <laughs> stretch, just so I can see what something looks like. But he had an awesome game, like twenty three points, eight Great. assists, uh, shot nine of fourteen, two of five for three. I have two notes on him. One, not super related to his play. These are the things that st- stuck out to me. One, can we get this guy some new shoes? Like he slid like five times and I was like, Oh my God, like, a couple ankle, of times. Yeah. Yeah. His ankle or his knee is going to like blow out on something like that. And he was wearing, I could see he was wearing like what I think lately has been like his favorite pair of Kobe's and they're definitely like retros. And I want to be like, dude, let me see the soles of those. Like, is your oh, tread you, pattern you, still good? Like, you think they're like you think they're like actual like 2014 type Kobe. <laughs> I mean, they, they're definitely are, but they're, they're, he probably bought them off like StockX or something. No, like, I just I just like the idea that like it's like he's had pair. them from like <laughs> like six seven years. Like I can't shake them. I can't. I get can't them it's up. like his like Mike shoes. <laughs> he's yeah, exactly. like he's, he's got me my new contract. Yeah, and it's like no man, you got you got to get new sneakers. <laughs> but like he was slipping and sliding everywhere. It made yeah. me very nervous. Like he he felt. I kept being like, do they need to like mop the floor? But then other players would be standing in the same spot. And nothing no, would happen. He, he was just slipping the, like the transition bucket. Yeah, he just fell. Yeah. And there was there was another one too where he was like on the sideline, and then all of a sudden just like yes, whoop, like his he was foot like, was like the right side. Yeah, he was like 
on the right side. So I don't yeah. hear right. There was another time he just slipped. Bizarre, bizarre. Anyway, the other the other note that I wanted to make, and this is becoming a consistent theme with him, is that he like once a game gets in like a pissing match with someone, <laughs> or as they would say on Bob's Burgers, a peeing race gets in a peeing mm-hmm. race with somebody. And uh, today it was Anthony Edwards, and Anthony Edwards just did not have it in the first half, no. and Brunson was just like, "I'm gonna work you like no. to death." Yeah. But but then even when. Edwards started figuring it out in the second half. Brunson still was like, I don't know. Like I got to take it to him. And he did. And like continued scoring points on him. It was glorious. And I love that. Like every single game, he takes like a personal vendetta, like a hit out on some guy on the other team. Be like, I'm going to break you mentally like this game. And that's, that's just what's going to happen. I felt like Ant was talking. Oh, he definitely was. And I'm, I'm sure RJ was pretty motivated in the beginning, too, because I don't think he'll ever forget the post-game comment of like, oh, yeah, exactly the guy we wanted to take the shot. Right, right, Who took right. the shot when RJ missed that game winner against them. Like, like it's he's clearly in Brunson. Someone always sets Brunson off. That's what it always comes off as. Like, someone sets him off. And so he does, like, his thing. And it always works. It's very amusing. I don't, the Knicks haven't had a point guard like that. It, I can't even remember. They haven't even had too many players like that in a long time. I know. If we're being honest. Like, guys that just really are just like, I just want to get mad and play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to do me and you can't stop me. I'm going to go pick on someone today. Like, I'm going to go bully someone to it's death great. on the basketball it's, court. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. It really is. Like, the Knicks haven't had that guy. Yeah. Who uh, actually execute their game. It's great. Exactly. Drew, do you have any final notes before we, before we wrap up here? I think we've reached. Reached a, a pretty logical endpoint of the the podcast. Here. Yeah. Um. Please vote. Yeah, I want to bring that up too. Definitely make sure to go <laughs> vote today. Stop listening to us and go vote. Yeah, we're um. Uh, I'm specifically not going to tell you who to vote for or whatever, but just go vote today. It's very important. There's a reason that the NBA made a zillion games on a Monday night uh, and had every single team play, and that was to try to get your attention to go vote and look at players wearing shirts to say vote and everything else. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not just your civic duty anymore. It's kind of something that you really have to do. If you want to shape what your life is going to look like, not even over the next two years or four years or six years, but potentially for your next 30, 40, 50 years of your life. So go vote at this point now. It's vital. It's vital and it's not optional anymore. And there's there are no guarantees anymore nope. in the US voting process. So no matter where you are, please go vote and and take advantage of the opportunity that's afforded to you there. I think that's as good a note as any to end on Drew. Uh I'm unless with you. Do, do you want to do the quick self promo before we go? Um, I'm going to force Alex to publish something from the Strickland archives that I have that I worked on. Before oh, I came on this podcast. Yeah. And so be ready for that. Cool. All right. We're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll be back. Uh, two more games this week, uh, which mm-hmm. probably two more game recaps and maybe another pod somewhere in between. Got all kinds of great stuff coming for you guys, though. So thank you all for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Knicks. And talk to you all soon. Peace out.